Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? A comics podcast for the Savage Critics website. In our second installment, Graham McMillan and I veer sharply away from comics and discuss Glee, Chuck, and spend a ridiculous amount of time on the penultimate episodes of Lost as we try to figure out how the whole thing will wrap up. If you like podcasts where you can listen and sadly shake your head from the vantage point of the future while people fumble around blind, this is the podcast installment for you. We hope you enjoy it, and thanks for listening. Do you want to greet our listeners? Listeners, hello. I hope you're having a fine day. I hope you're relaxed. Hopefully listening to this while reclining with a beverage of your choice. Wow. I have to admit, that terrifies me on so many levels, how smooth that was. I had no idea you were secretly waiting for the opportunity to greet our listeners in such an extensive and, and um, uh, quasi-seductive way. It's, um, hey, it's I, I care about our listeners, Jeff. <laughs> I, I know that you don't, but I, I care about you. I know that you keep sending me the, the, the text messages to say that you hate them, but... but... Every single one of them is a dear, dear friend of mine. (laughs) (laughs) And this is how Graham became the Jacob of the podcast, and I became the not Jacob of the the podcast. Has no name. I was going to ask you: Are you still keeping up with Lost? I am, and I was kind of hoping that we could talk about that and Glee, because you know. Oh, Glee the other night. I'm sorry. So Lost is what? There are like two episodes less. This is the greatest television that's ever happened. And then Neil Patrick Harris comes on Lost and it comes to Glee and is like, fuck you. I've just made a better hour of television. Than <laughs> you know, but I have to say, as much as I enjoyed that episode. Um, I have I... to know, who is the one you think is cute? Wait, wait, what, what do you have to go? Who is the one you think is cute on Glee? You said the cute girl, as if there's only one cute girl on Glee. That Who is, is true. the cute girl for you? Uh, oh, man. I cannot even believe that I'm being cornered on this now. Okay. <laughs> I, I will you, you can edit this out of the podcast if you want. Absolutely. No, 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 no. I'll be, I'll be happy to. I actually think that uh, Leah Michelle, who plays um, uh, the, the... Rachel Berry. Rachel, yes. Yes. Uh, is, is absolutely adorable. Oh, she is cute. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, so, I'm not denying that. I just because I think that um, whoever plays Quinn is also cute. So I, I was I did not know which one you were meaning. So now was and that I, where I, you I were mean, asking it, about the Betty Veronica yes, kind of yes, angle? Belong to the brunette. Right. Right. Uh, see, because I was very confused by that. Because I'm like, wait, is it a rich thing? Or I was deeply, deeply confused on that sort of class issue. But yes, actually, I tend to fall on the the Veronica end of the spectrum in that sense, in that the, the brunette tends to win out over the blonde generally. Okay, Not always, then. but yeah. Okay. Why? How about yourself? Do you have a particular uh, fetish object on Glee of some sort? Uh, not really. I thought you were going to ask me blonde or brunettes, and I was going to say redheads for the most part. I came for when I met her. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's all I've got to say on that, really. Although, Sorry. I will say um, that... Uh, the actress who plays Brittany, the cheerleader, Heather Morris, who plays the dumb blonde. Oh, I, I kind of love her just because I think she plays the dumb blonde well. I don't, like, think she's, you know, incredibly gorgeous or anything, but I think she's one of the best characters in the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, she's... I, and this was kind of my thing of, like, despite my, my crush on Leah Michelle, I am kind of at the point where if they lost Jane Lynch... Um, and maybe Heather Morris is Brittany. I would have no trouble stopping uh, to watch Glee um, at, like in a heartbeat. I would drop that show faster than a bad habit. Well, I can tell you that um, you. I love that you actually know the girl who plays Brittany because I don't. But um, she has been signed on to be a full cast member for the second season. Oh, I'm sure because she's quite good. The thing that also blew my mind uh, because she had some like not so much this episode, but I think like an episode or two ago, she just killed some of her lines just so well that I was like, who is this person? And the thing that's kind of amazing is, is that she, as far as I can tell from looking at IMDb was almost extensively used as a dancer in everything before Glee. Like it's, it's very possible. Like she was just a background actress that they were like, Oh, she can do stuff. Yeah, she didn't really have much of a presence in the early episodes, so it's very possible they just were like, "Oh, you you do this really well." 
Right. Yeah. And, you know, this will, of course, be entirely ruined when you see an interview with her and it turns out she is, like, just brain dead and doesn't realize she's giving all this nuance to the character. <laughs> I refuse to believe. I don't think anyone can be that brilliantly dumb naturally. You know, it really does take work. Like, because she really plays, oh, my God, the way that she underplays the really dumb things that she says is just brilliant. I mean, she really is like, um, but yes, no, I watch it. Uh, I, uh, Rachel Berry crush. It keeps me coming back. That said, this recent episode on the one hand had some brilliant stuff, particularly the Neil Patrick Harris, uh, that dream on duet was just hilarious. Yeah. Kate and I were killing ourselves laughing. While that was Absolutely. We and just also, Kate, were... Kate was just thrilled. Um, when they did the high notes, Yes. I mean, you could tell she was kind of like, oh. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, it pretty much did everything that, that you hoped that it would and more. And yet I really thought the rest of the episode was like so haphazardly slung together, you know, like. Well, this gets into a, a non-glee subject for me, which is I think that Joss Whedon, who directed the episode, is kind of overrated. Mm. Mm. Um, and I I think he was given some great material I think the script was actually really really strong this week mm-hmm. but I don't think it, I mean I think it was I've sort of got to backtrack, I still think it was better than Lost but I think in terms of Glee episodes it had some great moments but as an overall episode there have been better episodes Oh there have been much better episodes my personal feeling is, is since Glee came back from hiatus it has been taking uh, itself too seriously yeah, well, or, I mean, or uh, go letting the success go to his head. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it it really came back like the whatever the first, you know, whatever was the the motivation behind creating the first uh, season or arc of Glee. I really felt that there was a weirdly uncompromising approach to its blatant pandering you know and like it's very weird that you had all that in there but i remember there was always a kind of um you know the stuff with like uh will schuster's wife for example like as much as some of that stuff i really didn't like it and as farcical as it was there was some really kind of creepy stuff to it like there was always um the the first chunk of Glee had a lot, I think, to do about some really interesting things that it wanted to say about failure and about rejection and 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 also I felt like the that it was a show put together by people who really didn't understand good people but really really got bad people, you know. So I, I think Glee definitely used to be darker. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of sad at I'm sad at things like that the that Will Schuster's marriage has gone away so quickly and easily. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel that the show has lost something. Mm-hmm. Uh it feels like it's gone a little bit too towards the sort of fairy tale aspect. Whereas mm-hmm. I think before the darkness and I mean it was very, you know, broad comedic darkness. Because, you know, I'm having a baby and you can't really tell that I'm not having a baby even though I mean, how the hell did she keep that a secret for so long? Right. But but there was something to her there was something to the fact that they were in this relationship where both of them were unhappy and there were such like they both almost wanted to believe to make themselves happy through wanting to be happy. If that makes sense, like they right. wanted they wanted to make it work, and they were doing nothing to make it work. Right, and that, that, like that was really interesting. And to contrast that with the, the ridiculous like campness of everything else, made it an, a really interesting show. Yeah, uh, and I, I think you're right. I think when it came back, it's it's lost something by you know the drama now comes from more of the camp flavor that the songs come from if you like you know rachel's mother mm-hmm. being the coach of the you know the, the opposing team and all that it's just i don't know it's it, it seems to be going i don't want to say too mainstream because i think it's really got a a, a snark and, a, and an intelligence that's, that's anti-mainstream but it, it's it's not the same show it was when it started uh, I agree. And I, I think that to me, it's kind of 
what's weird is despite being a big success, it came back kind of like really eager to like round off any anything that felt at all uncomfortable, um, which I thought was kind of frustrating, and then just sort of didn't bring a lot more into it. And the last couple of, I'm sorry, since it's come back from hiatus, the whole like, okay, everybody, here's our theme, and this week's assignment is to explore this theme. Like, there have been four episodes that have just been structured unbelievably, um, like, just very formulaic in, in, in the absolute most abysmal sense. And I was really surprised by how, like, in last night's episode, like, Whedon, as, as a director, you know, take what, you know, whether he did some good stuff or he did some awful stuff, I was kind of shocked that this whole, like, Neil Patrick Harris's character comes in and just swings back and forth like a pendulum, like, four times in the course of the episode, and then he's gone. And there's just stuff where it just felt like they had, like... Like, the scene with him and Sue Sylvester seems to exist for no other reason than it's kind of like oh my god, we have to put these guys uh, in a room together and have them talk about anchor sex. That's going to be the funniest thing in the world. And... Well, no, it's, it's not just that. I mean, I think it exists to give Sue Sylvester a scene. I, it's last, was it last night or whenever it was? The mm-hmm. last episode was really odd because Quinn and Finn had one line in the entire show. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was a really oddly structured episode it, it almost feels like they're like well they have nothing to say with these characters we'll just put them away and then at the end they will say hey being in a wheelchair is sad or whatever and it, it it's i don't know i i agree that it, they've been really formulaic what i think might be happening is they didn't think they're going to get these episodes immediately oh i agree the, the I... entire second half of the season is an, an additional order when the, the um, pilot mm-hmm. got such success mm-hmm mm-hmm so they might just have planned, like, you know, the first chunk and then be like, okay, we've got a year to think about what's happened next. And then they didn't. Right. It's no, like, I uh, think that's true. It's like Chuck, which I know you don't watch, but <laughs> Chuck, well, but Chuck, Chuck was given six additional episodes at the end of the season. But they didn't think they were going to have. And you can tell because, like, they're honestly filler. We really have to call this Wait What, the unofficial Chuck podcast, because I swear to God you've mentioned Chuck in like three podcasts in a row now. I, I, I think about the Chuck. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. So I I, um, I still write for I9, and I'm like, well, I guess I won't be writing about Chuck that much anymore. Right. And then it started Techland, and Peter Techland's like, so you could write about Chuck, right? <laughs> You will never escape. Um, that's totally fine. No, no, I'm sure that I'm sure that that's the case. And sometimes you can do brilliant stuff with that. Like you, I think you said that they brought Chuck back on and did it as a mini season, and there hasn't been a lot of fat in there as a result, and it's been good, right? Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, the first like the season they thought they had was mm-hmm. structured really well because they like you know we've got however twelve episodes, thirteen episodes. We're just going to get in, and do it, and be done. Mm-hmm. And then the six episodes following, at least the first couple afterwards, were, oh crap, what are we supposed to do now? I mean, complete filler. Uh, I, you know, enjoyable filler. They've mm-hmm. got uh, Fred Willard in there as like this, you know, boozy old James Bond growing up as a fuck up type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it was entertaining, but it was miles away from what they were doing before. And then when they finally decide in this new direction, it's like, oh, that guy we just killed, we brought him back. He didn't really die after all. And it, it undercut everything that happened before. Spoilers for anyone who's not just seen the last episode of Chuck, by the way. <laughs> Apparently I'll have to edit that part out and put it in before you start talking. Um, no, can... no, no. It's, spoilers are always funnier when you say it after you say Oh, when you it. say it afterwards? <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. I didn't know that you were going for comedic effect, because that part is hilarious. I thought you were actually suddenly concerned at the last moment. Um, uh, but this way, I don't think anyone who's listening to this and cares about what's happening in Chuck wouldn't have seen the last episode. I can't see anyone being like, it's on my team for the last two weeks, damn it. <laughs> well, plus, you know, hopefully we'll have a fast, faster turnaround than we've had, but there have been times where... Exactly, it's taken us like a month to get them all. <laughs> exactly. People will be like, Chuck? What is this Chuck you speak of? What is television? <laughs> so, damn hey, it. lost. 
Yes, Lost. Speaking of what is television. Um... First of all, I have to say this, and I've said this in many places, and I'm going to continue to say this. Alice and Johnny showing up in, in Lost two episodes ago. Worst Latin on television ever. <laughs> Why did they cast her? <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm, I, I, I actually... Like Maybe they just liked her in West Wing. You know, the thing that I find really funny, that, and I'm hoping that it pays off, and maybe, maybe it doesn't. Like, I remember when, uh, in Glee, when, like, uh, Will Schuster ends up making out with the, the enemy uh, choir school teacher. Edie and I were both like, oh, my God, she looks so much like Rachel. That's really weird. And then later, of course, for her to turn out to be her mother, it was like, oh, that makes sense. Too bad she somehow managed to get herself to be eight months pregnant in between those two episodes. So good luck shooting that. But I wonder if, like, because to me, Allison Jenny has exactly the same voice and intonations as Katie Seagal, who's been playing Locke's girlfriend, you know, for the last you know, on and off, but she's been popping up a lot this season. While, so, while I can see what you're saying, I also disagree. You you don't think they sound a lot alike? No, I think they can, but I don't think they do. Interesting. All right. Uh... I, I don't think there's any connection between um, Locke's alternate world wife and, and Alice right. and Jack. I, um, no, I, I, totally I just, agree, I but... honestly just assumed it was because she was a, a an affordable name, a recognizable face. Yeah, I guess. I, I, I mean, I'm sure. Was, right. And I really liked her in West Wing, but she was terrible in Lost. Right, she's done a lot of amazing stuff, but I really can't imagine like there's. But then I, I up... hated that episode on so many levels. You and everybody else, apparently. I, I was, was just... fine with it. I think what I really hate about it is. If you're going to pretend to answer the questions, answer the questions. Because, <laughs> like, their answers were this. Why can't they hurt each other? Oh, because their adoptive mother, who has no origin, made it that way. How did she make it that way? Shh. Well, okay. I personally think maybe we'll find out some of that stuff at the end. Even if we don't, though, I my general thing is... Well, let's put it this way. This is almost like the Neil Patrick Harris episode of Glee, where that episode worked for me because the actors Allison Jenny aside who I did not think worked I thought the actors were excellent I thought I thought, I thought, the... I thought Titus Welliver or whatever his mm-hmm. name is is really good and to be honest as much as I love Terry Quinn or Terry O'Quinn or whatever his name is who plays Locke mm-hmm. I think I prefer Titus as the bad guy yeah I run the gamut on that because I, I actually think that Locke as Terry Terry O'Quinn as bad guy works best when you get to see both sides of Locke. Like mm-hmm. this this recent episode, um, you got to see him, and you also got to see the flashback of him in the wheelchair. And I thought that that's that's the thing that I think is is actually the part that I really enjoy. And, and it was the same thing with Lost is back in the day of like. You know, you would see Locke on the island, and then you would see him off the island, and obviously completely different circumstances, and the same person, but different, you know? Yeah. And so, like, the the episode that was on the other night, my favorite little bit of acting, I think, in the whole uh, uh, episode is when Locke is talking to Jack, you know, in the doctor's office about getting his legs back, and he gives this smile that just seems like is it's like surprisingly kind of brilliant um you know like in terms of it's it's like almost too bright and you realize that it's him hiding how afraid he is and it's it's a really brilliant acting choice it's just this little moment that that um you know O'Quinn is so good at doing lots of little bits and pieces like that and i think the thing that kind of sucks is as as the as the smoke monster, Terry O'Quinn is trying to like keep himself anchored to Locke while trying to imbue these other characteristics. Um, and I think that I'm sorry, is it Titus Sewell? I'm not gonna. It's, it's, I want to say it's Titus Welliver. Titus Welliver. That sounds correct. I'm sure that's absolutely right. Titus Welliver um, is brilliant, but he also only has to be himself. You know, I mean, maybe he actually is. But but I found him more sympathetic 
than I found Fake Lock. Yeah, but Fake Lock isn't doing anything sympathetic. Like, he's got actually... Yeah, but, even, but even when he's pretending to be sympathetic, mm-hmm. he's he comes across as, like, a cartoony bad guy to me. Mm, interesting. I, I, I've found uh, O'Quinn's performance as... I, the whole thing is, you know, don't talk to you, he will, you know, he'll stop you killing him. Right, right. I can't buy that. I don't find him charismatic in that way. Mm-hmm. I find him charismatic as, like, an over-the-top villain at this point. I don't find him charismatic. I, I don't believe that someone would think this guy's evil, then talk to him, then think, oh, he's not evil at all. <laughs> um, Whereas I, I could see Welliver being able to pull that off because he, he came across to me as someone who had been rightfully, who, who had been wronged. See, and I think this is the difference, is to me, um, the, the Titus Welliver plays, you know, man in black as aggrieved, and it's a great choice. Um, and then Terry O'Quinn, I think, plays the same character as, um, like, biting down on his anger. You know, he's kind of really angry and impatient, and, they, and he's got him turning that down a lot. You know, and, mm. and I think actually the the parts that Titus Wolliver were able to, was able to do so well, um, like you said, is he played? They just had a wider palette to play with. I thought the guy who plays Jacob in that episode did a great job at being emotionally hurt and shy. I thought the I thought the kids playing the kid, you know, playing. Jacob and his brother, I thought, did a, did a pretty good job of setting things up. So it's like, oh, okay, one's more charismatic and outgoing, and the other one is a little more cautious um, and, and quick to be hurt. And then I the, thought that the, they did a good job carrying that into the adult selves. The other thing that uh, irritated me about that episode is um, I think Jacob came across as naive to the point of stupid. Yeah, I had a friend who felt that he was also stupid and that that, of course, he was like, well, then I have no I have no sympathy for stupid people. That guy's just an idiot, which makes it a terrible, makes all of his motivations suspect because everything he's doing just could be, very well be because he's a moron. Well, there, there's also something that on, only struck me last episode, even though it should have struck me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Jay, Jacob quite clearly can leave the island as he wants. So how? Why? And if he right. can, then why couldn't his brother? Why was his brother not allowed to? Like, why was that such a point of contention? And also, if you can leave the island and you know that your brother can't, then why don't you just leave the island and stay away and that way he can't kill you? Well, I, there's so much... Like, like that's, that's this massive plot hole I don't think they're going to address because mm-hmm. I can't think of any way for them to address it in the remaining time. Right, right. No, I mean, I, I just don't think they can. I think they're mm-hmm. just going to gloss over it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree. I, I'm not sure if they really feel... I mean, I think the feeling is is that Jacob has to be... He can leave the island, but he has to be on the island, you know? But he doesn't if he can leave the island. Well, no, but Either he's... he can leave the island or he can't. Well, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. Who, no one said that he couldn't leave the island. Um, I, I think it was just... I don't think that he can... Um, he can outsource his his uh, guardianship of the island. It's not yeah, like why, he can like go out to Vegas and why, check in why once does or twice. He have to guard the island. Right. Why can't he just leave the the man in black on the island? You know, actually, I to me a better a better question is this whole idea of, you know, they have to protect. You know, Jacob is there to protect the light um, in the cave, which which has gone out. Well, right, which probably went out when when the when the man in black got thrown in there and ended up absorbing its power or whatever which is i guess why he probably can't leave but the um what i find appalling is is the fact that they they pretty much all but underscore nobody can find the light in the cave until they're quote unquote ready to yeah, you know i mean that's clearly it's short it's Brigadoon, is it? It's it's a quantum event. It only exists when you're ready to see it. Ah, 
I see. Right. That, which again, but like, was that not actually the point? Did he not say that in the episode? I mean, he didn't say it like that. But no, no, not... no. He does say that at the end. In which case, it's like, well, then why do you need anyone to 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 protect it? Because no one's ever going to find it until they oh, can no, find it. No, because I understood that the reason they were, they were trying to protect it was when the man in black was building his his ton, his um, hole with the wheel. He right. found another way to get to it. Right. So you're saying that, that the idea is that Jacob's supposed to be there and prevent other people from finding from, fi- from finding any way to get to it, yeah. But, it, it, I mean, the whole thing is, what I'm worried about is that the last episode is not going to answer anything um, in any way that's going to f- make any of the fans happy. And what's going to happen is, just like Battlestar Galactica, there's going to be this ridiculous backlash against the entire show. Yeah. And that, that kind of upsets me. And I, I I made this point on Techland yesterday, and someone was like, you're saying the show is going to suck? Fuck you! And it's like, no, that's the opposite of what I'm saying. Right. Um, but I, I think it's going to end up being this massive disappointment. And because of that, people are just going to be like, well, I'm not going to pay attention to television anymore. You know? <laughs> no, seriously, I think that Battlestar Galactica really hurt... Um, I called it serialized mystery television, which isn't really true because Battlestar Galactica wasn't really a mystery. But long-term stories that are that includes some element of mystery and question. Oh no, I I, thought, I think and I think yeah. I think that Battlestar Galactica really hurt that. I think if mm-hmm. Lost fucks it up as well, people are just not going to say I'm going to sign up for something where I might not get the answer for years. I just think they're not going to. I think what will happen is Fringe will be the last one, and even Fringe is telling stories differently. Yeah, but you know, I my personal feeling is is that this goes all the way back to the X Files or something like that, where you can you can only you can or even Twin Peaks before it, you can only string along the audience for so long. Just well, period. I, I, yeah, but I would argue that Twin Peaks didn't. Twin Peaks essentially finished, you know, answer to Good Lord Palmer midway through the second season and was much a worse show for it. No, it it I well, it depends on who you ask. I, my personal feeling is is that the show, when it came back for that second season, it was already dead. I mean, as ratings wise, it was just a period of time. Like the whether or not the where the quality of the show went. I mean, God, you could write a book about that. But I do feel that they had a you know they did answer the question. But by that point, kind of everyone jumped off. Like you get a point where everyone jumps on and wants to know and wants to see how things end. Um, and then the vast majority of those people are usually gone in two seasons. I, I've told you about my Twin Peaks, seeing the Twin Peaks pilot story, right? No. Twin Peaks, before it came on television in Britain, was released. The pilot was released on video. Right. But the pilot that was released on video was the original pilot that had the end. It was the pilot they made in case it wasn't picked up as a series. And so mm-hmm. it told you who killed Laura Palmer. Right. In the pilot. And it's yes. a different reveal. Right. And that's that actually, weirdly enough, was the only version of the pilot that you could get back over here in the States, too, because it's that whole thing where they end up getting it's it ends up being like the one armed man who's living above the gas station. Like they end up taking that 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 vision at face value. And it's like suddenly they're out looking for Bob and the one armed man and then they get him. And it's very much like, wait, what the fuck? Like, it's a very, very weird out of the blue sort of thing. And so, like, so that's the one I saw. And I was like, oh, this is a fun movie, essentially. And then when the show came on, I was like, wait, it, it's finished. And then, like, the second episode on, I was like, wow, it's completely different. <laughs> um, no, but I, I get what you're saying about Twin Peaks and about X-Files. I think X-Files really, really screwed the pooch in terms of that. I think oh, X-Files hugely. Like, insanely screwed the pooch on it. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think unlike those shows, I think both Battlestar and Galactica and Lost um, were successful enough that they got to tell the story, quote unquote, as they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think Lost, I don't think X Files did, and I don't think that Twin Peaks did. Mm-hmm. And I think you can make arguments for both those that they're you know flawed because commerce came into it, whereas. I don't really think that's true of Lost in Battlestar Galactica. And I think when they still flub the landing in both of those shows, mm-hmm. that it comes to this point where there's going to be such uh, reticence on the part of the audience mm-hmm. that 
I don't think people will want to watch the shows because they're they are convinced they will be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think program makers are going to want to make the shows because they're convinced that there's no way to please the audience. Well, my my personal set of feelings are that uh, sort of that that to take it to to sort of invert a lot of what you're saying. Uh, what I think the part of the reason why I hope that Lost does not flub its landing is because if it's bad enough, I will have interest in ever watching rewatching Lost. You know, like that was pretty much the case for Battlestar Galactica. There's some moments that I remember very fondly for that show, but after watching the ending, I'm just never going to go back and watch it. And I just well, know yeah, that like, in my were heart. You, were you going to before? I think I might have. Well, let's put it this way: yes. If it was strong enough, I absolutely would. I am currently in the process of rewatching The Sopranos. I have watched The Wire through twice, if not three times. You know, I can see myself revisiting those because there's a lot of texture to them. Uh, also, I mean, admittedly, let's put it in the framework of like, you know, I'm going. I plan on going to the gym for you know. <laughs> a good chunk of my life in order to keep myself healthy. And one of the things I do when I'm at the gym is I watch TV shows. So I have no trouble watching and revisiting something that I've seen. And I can see the attraction. I had that, like, maybe I'll pick up Battlestar Galactica if it wraps up because there was a lot of stuff. Like I said, there are parts that I remember fondly. But at the end of it, I was kind of like, huh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really need to see that again. And I see, kind of had that thing with Lost, where it's like I look back on all the lists that come out before the last episode has been released, and part of me is like, wow, I would really... Part of me is like, I will either want to watch that stuff again, or I will never want to see that stuff again. Th- this is where I seem perverse, but I think I would be more interested in watching rewatching Battlestar Galactica because of Fluff the Ending. You think? Why? I'm fascinated by things... That- Things that fail. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but it's like um, to bring it back to comics, just to be perverse. Um, have you read the second Teen Titans showcase? No, no, I so don't think I have. The second Teen Titans showcase is literally a book of a collection of a series that is constantly trying to reinvent itself because it doesn't know what to do with itself. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it becomes more interesting. To me. It becomes more interesting to see people try and work out things and try things to fail and react to those things than it would mm-hmm. be if everything just went simply. And so Battlestar Galactica especially, and part of this is because when Battlestar was on, I was listening to the podcasts that um, Ron Moore would do. Mm-hmm. And in those podcasts, he would outright say, while the show was running, right. um, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that, that w- this is, you know, we ended up cutting this plot out entirely because the plot was going nowhere in later episodes. And you got this look behind. It, it seemed a much more uh, living thing because you got an idea of how it was being constructed and how, how everything right. went together. Um, right. And so the idea that... Also, bear in mind, I don't think that the Battlestar Galactica finale was as horrible as everyone thinks it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, and, uh, I'm with you on that. I agree. Uh, but I, I, I am interested to revisit episodes knowing that the plots went nowhere. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right. I, I find there, I find there to be something of value in going back, knowing the end, and knowing that the end was not what they thought when they were doing it. Well, I I half think that I mean it. And this is the other thing that I think is fascinating to me about television is because of the reaction from the audience, the internet can be so immediate and you actually have like a hive mind approaching serialized mystery television, whereas before that hive mind was much slower, I guess, that I feel that the creators of shows are kind of constantly in a, we have to figure out a way to resolve this that isn't something that 75,000 people working on a message board have already come up with, you know? And I think that's half the challenge, and I think part of the way that guys get around it now, and was clear in X-Files, is they just throw shit in there, and then they figure out how to tie it all together later. But the yeah, idea but is the like... the problem is when they throw it tie it all together later. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I agree. And, then, and that's almost the reason why all these shows, I think, end up failing in a way that is kind of 
is disappointing. I think Lost has the closest shot at it because I, the thing that I thought and the reason why I thought that the, the episode with Jacob and his brother ended up working is, is that most of the themes in Lost, for the most part, have remained intact over six seasons. And so I think they have a shot at landing the, uh, of, um, landing the finish because it could work thematically if they come up with the right thematic resolution. I kind of think they're not going to, mind you, because I think they're going to end up going in some other way to kind of flip things on us. And I think it's going to be it could end up being a huge mistake. I don't know. But I think I'm worried that they're going to end up trying to do like an all action finale. I'm really worried about that. Yeah, I mean, that's good to around. Finale is two and a half hours. They can't do an all action finale for two and a half hours because your your head would explode. But um, (laughs) I, I, I worry that they're going to try and do something big. Right. And that's the last thing I want from the Lost finale. Uh, interesting. I think that they're going to... I mean, cle- clearly... What I worry about is is they're going to end up going for... Uh, right, the big, but also kind of the cheesy. I mean, we'll see We'll see how it works out. We, I mean... Uh, on, on TechBand, one of the things I was doing just before uh, you called... Yes. Uh, we're coming up with a list of the 10 worst ways Lost could end. <laughs> Um, and I can I can say this because by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be up. But um, right. one of my very one of my ten worst ways is uh, that Sawyer and Kate and Jack and Hurley and Desmond are going to hold hands and make the island healthy again through the power of love, <laughs> which which is kind of a joke, but also something I'm really kind of scared they're going to do a variation on. I'm genuinely going to scare scared they're going to do something like, what if we all become the guardian? Look. The lights come back on in the cave. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm worried they're going to do something like that. Seriously. Interesting. Um, but I mean, one of the things that really annoys me is, and again, this is when I'm at war with the internet. To my mind, they've not answered the question about the numbers at all. And everyone online is like, yes, they have. You've seen the thing where each of the candidates has a number. And it's like, sure, but that doesn't explain why the numbers helped Hurley win the lottery. Or why the button had to be pressed every 108 minutes, or any of the other number stuff. It just mm-hmm. explains why those numbers are those numbers. And, right. and I feel, I feel that honestly, the writers are like, "That's that's enough of an explanation," and it's really not. And there's a line in the most recent episode where um, Locke is saying to, like, oh, Locke in the other universe is saying to Jack in the other universe, "It's like fates that we keep meeting," and. Jack says, I think you're mistaking coincidence for fate, and I have a horrible feeling that that is the writers talking to the audience. Right. Right. And well, if it is, then fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't spend six years going, try and work out the mystery, and then be like, there was no mystery. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think I think the huge thing that they keep doing, and this is this is the other thing that I find interesting in the creator versus the hive mind uh, arena that that serialized mystery shows find themselves in that that other that sitcoms or or short term dramas don't have to worry about is that idea of you know um, mediation I suppose like what I, what I find really fascinating is the amount of just absolutely egregious uh, hand holding cajoling and just you know flat out shoving that that Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse have been doing in the media towards like, this is what's going to happen. And this is what's going to happen. And some people don't like that, but this is what you need. And this was always our focus. And this is what the, and it's, and it feels like this forcible real world retcon, you know, that I'm kind of like, yeah, no, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. You know, like I don't really buy what you're saying now that the story is all about the characters, not about the mysteries. I mean, Clearly, the story is about the characters, but it was also about the mysteries, and it was about the way that that those mysteries get tied together. I mean, the thing that I think is interesting is is that there are clearly points where some people feel the the question has been quote unquote answered to their degree of satisfaction, and other areas where it's not. You know, like I remember looking at Charlie's, uh, you know, fifty questions that Lost has to answer, and I was kind of like, I feel like a good like there's a chunk of those that I thought were actually answered pretty adequately. Like I felt yeah, that like, yeah. you know, I, but 
and this is going to sound like me being incredibly bitchy, and it's not. <laughs> but bear in mind that articles like that sometimes exist. There's no way to say this without sounding bitchy, so you're going to have to cut this out. Oh, damn <laughs> it! Articles like that exist to get readers. Yeah, of course. No, no, no. I, so, it's a listicle. No, no. I mean, that's yeah, pretty no, but much... the thing is, listicles exist, or rather, listicles are better mm-hmm. when they are higher numbers. So it would not be entirely impossible right. for Charlie to believe that some of those 50 have been answered as well. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, there are there were some of those questions were a little like, wait, what? Um, you know, it's like, oh, sure, we answered them, but not really answered, answered them, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I, that... I, I think there are other parts that are, are genuinely unanswered. I think there are some questions that I also think there's some questions that just won't get answered. Um, for example, Charlotte was born on the island. Charlotte's dead and has not been discussed for the last one and a half seasons. We're right. never going to get an answer for that. What's happened with Walt? I really doubt we're going to get an answer with that as well. You I, know, I think I think there's all these questions that, at this point, they don't have time to answer. Yeah, um, I I I agree. They don't have any time. And what's amazing is they did an awesome job, even in this last season, frittering us away. Oh yeah, they're, they're all the stuff about the temple. Uh, oh yeah, everything. What the hell was that? Yeah, or master. And this is some Ali contact said to me today. Uh, we did our ride up and I was like, you know, I, what happened to Miles? He ran off into the jungle. And she's like, you've probably seen the last of Miles. And first of all, I wouldn't put the past him for that. The same as I don't think I'm going to see Richard again, even though Richard really can't die. He was just tossed off into the distance somewhere. Right. I don't think I'm going to see him again. Mm. Um, but Miles, Miles's dad was Miles Chang. And it was not Miles Chang, it was Dr. Chang. Yeah, Dr. Melvin Chang or I, I, whatever his real get, name is. We're not going to get yeah. any of that. Like the, that was that literally came out of nowhere. You know, I'm I'm saying it went away nowhere as well. You know, it, it, what the hell? There was all this stuff they brought in and did nothing with. And literally, it came just like, look at this, look at this, look at this, <laughs> and and bore no resemblance to the story at all. Right. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. I think that there's just, I mean, there's, hmm, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ways that loss can end badly, and I also think that there's a ton of stuff that they're not. I would be really surprised because, because again, I'm convinced that their two and a half hour finale is going to be so much. They've got to do so much threading with the sideways world and make it have a payoff complete with this because i'll be curious i do you think they're going to cross the timelines yes i think so too and i think that that's going to be the key to the resolution in some ways and i already i kind of think that that's uh, that that's going to take so much work from where they're at already that it's going to be like hey we did this and these two the lines have crossed and i'm like oh they've been really good at losing characters this season in a way that I, I think they just didn't do before. I think before they all set like a through line for where all the characters were. Anyway. And this season, I mean, Miles and Ben and Richard disappeared for three episodes. We're not seen at all. And then it's like, it took us that long to get back here. Mm-hmm. No, you just wanted them off stage. Right. Uh, Desmond as well. Desmond, mm-hmm. for someone who looks to be exceptionally important to mythology, keeps disappearing. Right. Um, with Jin and Sun as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, also, there there is going to be no resolution for their story because they've killed them off, right? And that's not resolution for their story at all. Well, there there may be some resolution for that story. Um, Where, unless they bring them back to life, uh, you know, they end up why, having the. Why, ju- why, they, why could Jin have the baby on the island? Uh. Yeah, I don't know if they'll necessarily answer that Actually, part. For that matter, why could no one have babies on the island? Yes, that is a bigger question. I think that they think that they answered that with the atomic bomb going off back in 70-whatever, but I don't actually think but, that but, that's the but case. But how does that actually affect anything? Right. No, I agree. I, I, I don't think that... Like, that... I, I don't think they're going to answer And what the problem is, I think they think that at this point it doesn't matter anymore, but the problem is, in your six seasons prior to this, it was a problem that motivated people for half a season. 
Oh, absolutely. I, absolutely. It was it was all anyone's motivation. I mean, it was all the Juliet's entire existence. For existence. Yeah, exactly. yeah. No, exactly. I totally agree. And I don't think they're going to address it at all. I, th- I think they're just like, well, no one cares about that anymore. And that's the problem. I think they're convincing themselves that they're going to answer all the important questions. And I think they've accidentally convinced themselves that questions are no longer important when they are. Well, I, I think the problem is, is, like you said, they just have too many questions to ever answer like even if they turned around and just started like reeling off at the beginning of the episode i'm not sure that they would necessarily get there you know i think there's there's a ton of things that they need to resolve that i can only you know that i don't think that they're going to but obviously the thing that the the big mistake that they made was they did the well this answer is important this answer is not important this answer we think is important this other answer we think isn't like you kind of like don't like it it drove me nuts that we're never going that they set up that like you know cross time outrigger shootout you know in just last season and then this season they were like well there's no way we're going to get be able to get around i've seen other people talk about this cross time rigger shootout i don't remember this uh, there was a scene where last season, where the when they're the the islands jumping around in time, and mm-hmm. so the 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 losties, you know, end up gripping their heads and, and getting thrown about. There's a point where they are in an outrigger and they're rowing, I think, from one island to the next, and it's heavily foggy, and suddenly they start getting shot at. They're being pursued by another kayak or another outrigger of some kind that they can't see the people and the people are shooting at them and they're shooting back. And in fact, at one point, I think Sawyer or somebody shoots and kills somebody in that other outrigger. And then there's kind of a weird time. The time shift happens again and they end up in another time. So, you know, they clearly had this moment that seems like, a, you know, it could be a huge flash forward. But um, it, and it really is. It's only about six or seven minutes, but it's clearly set up as a very cool. They're having a shootout with people that they can't see and they kill someone. And that's obviously going to come back and be a big factor. And they pretty much just said the other episode. Yeah, I mean, we totally knew who's in that who, who was in that other outrigger, but we just couldn't close the time loop um, neatly enough. And also wrap that up. So we just had to we just had to finish that. There was just no way we could bring those other characters together and put them in the boat. But we know what was happening, and we 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 did know what we were doing, but we just aren't going to get to it now. Yeah, it just it just the whole thing feels like they're going to flood the ending. Yeah, and this is what I think is going to happen. I think the reason the ending went from two hours to two and a half hours mm-hmm. is because I think we're going to get a Lord of the Rings ending. I think we're going to get at least half an hour of epilogue. Oh, at least. Yeah. I, I, whatever that 45 minutes is, I, I totally, you know, whatever half hour, I totally think that, yeah, it's going to be almost all epilogue. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if the way that it plays out, again, that whole thing with um, Sun and Jin, I, I wouldn't be surprised if cross time Sun and, you know, uh, Sun and Jin end up in this timeline or, you know, the quote-unquote real timeline raising their daughter you know i think that there's going to be a lot of pillaging a lot of pushing pieces back and forth so that you've got people in one timeline who are unhappy end up in the other timeline you know just like i i'm convinced that sawyer ending up in julie with juliet in that alternate timeline is totally coming around the bend and we're going to see it and it's probably going to be one of the last scenes you know and we're going to we're going to see how all that stuff sort of gets wrapped up but I don't know you know the thing that I I kind of don't think the way that I don't think Lost is going to end but I half think would be kind of interesting would be if pretty much after you know Locke ends up kicking everyone's ass and or killing them um, you know Vincent ends up leading Walt and a bunch of kids through the forest uh, and they end up defeating him with quote unquote the power of love or whatever it is you know um, I kind of have a sneaking suspicion that at least thematically, so much of this stuff is set up about, you know, families throughout the show and bad parenting choices that the idea of the next generation, like sort of showing up to kind of close off the circle of, of damaged people. I kind of half think that that could end up being the very 
Stephen Kingy touchy feely ending much more than the they heal the island with the power of love. Now, it could be they heal the po- the island with the power of love, but I think it's going to end up being Walt and Vincent and maybe kids from across the timeline um, and a few other people rather than it being the actual Losties themselves. I don't know. I, I I could see Walt returning. I don't think they're going to bring in kids from across the timeline. I right. I, I just don't see that happening at all. Probably not. I I, I, I would almost lay money on that not happening. <laughs> Well, Graham, I didn't that, say what the most likely ending was going to be. My um, goodness, what a buzzkill. Jesus. Yeah, my other um, least likely, uh, not even least likely, worst way for it to end mm-hmm. uh, is for the island to be revealed to be a virtual reality thing <laughs> controlled by a co- giant computer with a name that is an acronym, Jacob. It'd be great, like they they actually end up ripping off the Invisibles, and like everyone else has been wearing well, fiction I, I, suits. I was I was thinking I was going to end up ripping off like the Matrix, right? Like Jack was going to wake up and be like, "No, it's a post nuclear wasteland. I'm going <laughs> back in the islands." Uh, you know, the worst part is like it's five forty five now, and we spent tremendous amounts of time we talking like, about something. Yeah, we spent like an hour talking about Lost. Yeah, and and <laughs> I think the Glee stuff's keeper. I think the Lost oh, stuff. No, everyone's going to be like, oh. I totally think we should watch. We should uh, do this whole thing. We should let everyone listen to the whole thing. Oh yeah. Well, no, I think so too. I'm obviously not going to, you know, um, exclude them. But I do. I can't blame them. Like maybe I should go in and put this part in. Is like listeners, if you're listening, please get drunk, please, because I don't think that this is going to be nearly as enjoyable sober. I just don't. Um, should we put in a drinking game? Should, maybe we should. You know, we should put that on the list of to-dos where it's like uh, every oh, time wait, you like make that, game? Oh, God. You, that would be great. Every time you make the, the tisking noise or every time I say, uh, you know, um, you know what I mean or, uh, you know, that kind of thing or the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like whenever I do that, people can take drinks. I'm sure there's lots of ways to break it down. Oh, God. What a horrifying thought. <laughs> Uh, so, um, it's been 45 minutes. Should we jump and come back and talk about comics super quickly for, for 15, 20 minutes? Like yes, we're supposed how, to do however, this time? However, however, let, yes. uh, give me five minutes to take care of the call of nature. Ah, yes. The call of nature. I'm being euphemistic because I know you're going to leave this part in because I know that if I was like, I really need to pee. It's true. That is the part that I would leave in, highlight, and maybe throw a sound effects cue in the background. That's, that's... <laughs> or I like ice cubes. When I, I did that, I just made hand motions. <laughs> <laughs> you can't sleep, but I did it. I did it. All the same. Okay, I'll talk to you in like five minutes then. Okay, cool. Talk to you soon. Okay.